Welcome to Build Your Thing, the podcast where we help content creators find their unique creative voice, monetize their work, and build their tribe of loyal fans. I'm your host, Matt Jarrow, and today I'm very excited about this episode because we all struggle as content creators to actually find our creative voice, to actually find the things that we are good at. Why? Because we are so blinded to what we actually are good at, right? So the thing is that instead of trying just to be good at everything or just trying to emulate what others are doing, what if we just started with our quote-unquote unfair advantages? And Today, I have a very special guest. My guest today is Andrew Kempfey. So he's the owner and operator and wizard of Google Sheets at bettersheets.co. And he's known for his creative spin on spreadsheets and Google Sheets. And he's also doing a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to creating content, selling products, and so on and so forth. So Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Matt. I'm excited to talk about this. Yeah, so like uh, as I told you, like uh, I first discovered you on uh, Darren's podcast. So uh, um, yeah, like uh, you're, Darren, I also interviewed Darren um, uh, on the show too. So there was like you had like this interesting conversation where you you were you were just talking about well, the thing is that um, when it comes to quote unquote finding your niche and that kind of stuff. Uh, it's all about, you know, just starting from you. So what is your unfair advantage? And we're going to dig deeper into that. But before that, can you introduce a little bit? Uh, uh, can you introduce yourself a little bit to the audience? No, I don't want to introduce myself. You did a great job. I liked it. I love it. Uh, you did a wonderful job. You said Wizard of Google Sheets. I do spreadsheets. That's what I do. I share spreadsheets. I make spreadsheets. I show people how to make spreadsheets. Uh, part of my course, bettersheets.co, is not necessarily just a course. It's like a membership. You get um, access to like 180 videos plus uh, products that I make. Every product that I make, members get it free first. And then they also get a breakdown of it, how I built it. So there's actually some members who are some members who have a, a job. They work in Google Sheets day in and day out, and they just want to get better. And that's many of the uh, people. There's some educators who are using Google Sheets in their classrooms. So I've made some like cute little games and stuff that kids can do in Google Sheets. Uh, but also there's people who are their own solo entrepreneurs who are looking for ways to build their business or get more out of Google Sheets to run their business. And I one of the sort of shiny objects I... I have a problem with, but a lot of my Better Sheets members love is I try to share how to sell Google Sheets. So you can either use Google Sheets as lead magnets uh, you, for your business, promote your business, but also to like add revenue to your business. If you're like a coach or a consultant, you can create worksheets, work uh checklist planners inside of Google Sheets and sell those. And that I've been a little distracted by lately uh, helping people start their own business, selling Google Sheets themselves. So I've programmed some scripts and some products that help people sell. Um, so I, it runs the whole gamut. It's a, it's for everyone. If you use Google Sheets, if you're one of the 1.5 billion people on planet Earth that use Google Sheets, you can make better sheets. <laughs> So many people are using Google Sheets, 1.5 billion. I mean, it's a crazy number. Yeah, I mean, the stat is like 40% of all, inter of all internet users 
use spreadsheets. So that's either Excel or um, OpenOffice or Google Sheets. And out of that, I think there's like 750 million Excel users, obviously mo- mo- mainly accountants and executives. But then there's 1.5 billion Google Sheet users. And I think there's even like two or more than 2 billion G Suite or uh, Google Workspace users. So they're saying not every Google Workspace user uses Google Sheets, but most of them do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- that's crazy. And really, if you really think about it, like I've been using same thing like spreadsheets for, you know, since since I got the first time I got a computer, right? But the thing is like, you just make basic calculations. You don't really know how to get the most out of it. And yeah, this is quite interesting because you can do so many things. So I would definitely uh, recommend to everyone to just check out bettersheets.co where we have like, um, well, what, what you can know more about um, everything that you do. And yeah, so if, if I really, if, if I really look back uh, uh, to all the different things that you've done in the past, um, like you've done, you've done a lot of things, right? And you also fail at a lot of things. And a lot of people, you know, they just talk about their successes. But what I really enjoyed is like you're very also very open about the thing that you failed at. And yeah, so I think that a lot of people who just want to to create their own business and who are just you know taking the path of their creator journey um like the vast majority don't don't like you know you don't encounter success like from you know from right right off the bat right so a lot of people get uh, discouraged and they don't know really how to uh you know stick to one thing so maybe you know they just picked let's say a niche or a passion or whatsoever and then they just see well i'm not just not able to to make it work so when should they actually ma- like change the path uh, or like just continue on, on it so yeah this is why i wanted to talk about really um like your way about thinking um picking your niche and actually start start um, standing out by the way sorry to interrupt you but i have to say one thing first and it's okay if you edit this out, but I just have to say that the way you pitched me to come on this podcast was absolutely perfect. I appreciate it. Like the way you asked <laughs> the way you asked the question in the time in a timely manner. Like I was just on another pod, like you mentioned, I was on another podcast. I mentioned something that piqued your interest. And then within a week of that com- coming out, you Message me. You found me. You contacted me. I'm not uncontactable. <laughs> I'm, I'm very contactable. Um, but the way you like said this one question, and you you read between the lines, and you figured out that like, oh, that was an exciting thing. I want to know more. You said I want to know more about this. He seems to want to talk about more about this. Like you picked it out perfectly, and then you pitched it like that. I have. I have told people how to pitch me and it's that that's the way to do it is like, and nobody does it. I, you're like one of the, maybe one or two. I, I can't think of the other person if someone else has done that. Wow. That means a lot. Thank you very much. So yeah, I mean, someone like sometimes it's just not that hard, right? If you just follow your curiosity and you know, just, just don't pitch people or just don't try to, you know, make connection with people based on, let's say, um, a relation, a business relationship, or if you want, let's say, to get something out of them. I mean, just be curious and just, you know, um, 
try to have like an interesting conversation. This is actually all all what I wanted to have. So please, please go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will t- tell you a couple things that went through my mind there, like while you were in the middle of our pitch. It's like, or an outcome, sorry. One is I didn't check how many subscribers you had. I didn't, or listeners or podcast downloads. I didn't check. I didn't ask. You said, I want to talk about this one thing, or I'm interested in this. I was interested in talking about it. And so I'm here now. Like, And you scheduled it fairly quickly. It's within a week. Um, it also helped in our time zones sort of matched up. Yeah. Um, but I have literally told people, I've tweeted about this. I've written blog posts. I've written on Indie Hackers about this. Is like, here's the perfect pitch. Listen to any or all podcasts I've ever been on. Read any or all of the blog posts I've ever written. And then ask a question that hasn't that you're interested in that I haven't answered yet. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, and and it seems like, you know, talking about finding this unique, unfair advantage is one of those. Yeah, back to the back to the original topic. Um, so, your question. Let me get straight. You have a couple questions here. Is you were asking one the phrase "pick a passion" or "follow your passion" or "pick a niche" exists. I don't like. I I I'm anti that question and anti that uh, that phrase. I hate that phrase so much. Um, but you also asked in your question. You said, you know, I have a lot of failures. I can talk about my failures. And what I learned from them. Uh, and then I can also talk about specifically better sheets, which is one of the weirdest niches that is one of the biggest niches um, and specificities. I can talk about speci- so out of those three things, where do you want to start? Okay, l- let's just start off with um, you hating the the like the sentence of or, or, or the concept of well, pick your passion, follow your passion, pick a niche. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, I don't think it's that easy. I don't think people can pick a passion. I don't think you can just pick a niche out of thin air. Um, Obviously, this is like Twitter advice, like learn to code. Like it's a three-word phrase that is supposed to unlock bridges. And so there is much more nuance to it than people let on, but it's just so many people say it, and then they don't specify it they don't go deeper and say well how do you pick a passion how how do you how do you monetize your passion how do you how do you also monetize your passion and still keep it as your passion one thing is that niches aren't necessarily niches like the way that people describe them when someone says pick a niche what they usually mean is like pick a topic like pick something to talk about but I don't think topics are very good niches. Uh, if a topic exists, like a, let's say a subreddit exists, that already exists. Like, yeah, you can go and join it, but like, it's probably better to create a subreddit. It's probably better to go and create a, a Facebook group that doesn't exist yet than to join one and try to dominate that. It's, e- it's easier to start a Facebook group than join one and, and get results, right? I'm not saying you're going to get results from joining, uh, from, from creating one, but it's very easy to create Facebook pages. That's interesting it's because, you know, um, on one side, so you have this kind of um, paradigm where 
you know, you just have to find a market and just talk to the market and actually find out his needs, his frustrations, his desires. And on the flip side, what you're saying is like, well, if it's already out there and even if it's quote unquote proven, you should not really follow that. So how do you actually find the sweet spot between, you know, those two, those two things? That's a great question. And if, so, if, you, if someone could solve that, we would all mm -hmm. be happier, right? Um, <laughs> I just don't think anyone has ever solved it. Because passions and, and monetizations, it's very different, right? You're, I don't know that many people who love their job uh, anyway. <laughs> um, and then to tell people like, oh, you just have to do something you love. Like if you, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. My dad had owned, owned his own business, and I don't think he loved it. <laughs> he was a machinist. He, he made molds for the plastics industry. I don't think he loved a day in his life working. I think he much would re prefer to spend time with me or my mom. I don't think he ever loved working. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that advice is just poorly um, implemented. I also think... And, and this is what your original pitch and question was. It's like, I also think that people are really bad at picking niches. Like, we don't know what we're good at is one thing. Two, as I said before, yeah. it's pretty it, it's pretty bad to come into an existing community and try to dominate it. We see this play out all the time online right now, you know, 20 years after much of the mainstream internet has been created. Like, we see this all the time. That's it's a playbook, right? Like, oh, go find all these subreddits, post in them, bring value to the community, and then, and then what? Like, okay, you're a co good community member. You're going to glean a little bit of something from it. Like, we see this playbook all the time. Um, and so, like, the original question was, you know, then how do you find your unfair advantage if you don't know it? Well. I would say find the thing that's like really easy for you. So easy that you don't know it's easy. You're going to need some external validation. I think some people over overestimate or overrate external information, but you're still going to need some. You're going to need both like, oh, it's easy for you. So you, you discount it in your own personal life, but also someone mentions like, oh, by the way, this thing you did, I, I don't know how you did it. How is it so easy for you to do this thing? You need both. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, like, you know, just piggyback about, about like what, what we just, you, you just talk about when it comes to, you know, identifying your passion and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, a lot of people um, or most of people today, they just work at, at stuff that they don't really enjoy. Well, I think that there is kind of a, kind of a sweet spot. So, you know, you always have like, like two, 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 two fields, right? You have people who say that, well, you can't really enjoy what you're, um, what, what you're doing for just to, to put food on the table. On the, on the flip side, no, you should actually enjoy every, every single minute out of it. And I think as a lot of things in life, there is just like a spectrum and, and a sweet spot between, between the two, which means that, well, um, you may work or you may just create a business around something that you, that you enjoy, that you are, that you have like some kind of passion, 
to to do or like a kind of problem that, that you want to solve but not every single second of what you're going to do will be like that enjoyable so as an example to put this in, in to put it into context i mean like you're like you coded let's say your your website for better sheets bettersheets.co i'm pretty sure that there are like even though like let's say you quote unquote enjoy this project um like you're not really enjoying every single every single step of it right so how many times did you get you know the the, the screen with the you know with with the red font like that you made a that you made a, a mistake or something is not working right this can be quite painful right so you have to overcome you have to to look up the code like where did i where did i messed up and that kind of stuff so yeah it's all in my honest opinion it's like all about the really finding the sweet spot so not really discounting any of those um find your path or like um, do something that you're passionate about or, um, you know, just do something in order to put food on the table. Obviously, if, if you don't have the choice, well, then, then well, we were fortunate today enough to, to just be able to craft out our own um, or to create our own businesses. But yeah, I mean, if you really have the, 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 the ability to, and the possibility to actually do something that you enjoy, then yeah, like try to, to really find a sweet spot. Let me unpack that a little bit because you mentioned something in there um, that I think people should know is that you need to enjoy not a passion, but a process. Like I don't necessarily enjoy solving problems in Google sheets, but I love puzzles. Like I pay to go into escape rooms. I love escape rooms. I love crossword puzzles. I love Sudoku. I love the like big book of random puzzles. I like seeing that like, okay, there is a natural order here. And in this particular puzzle, there is an unnatural thing happening. Okay. Now take up this, what we know about the normal nature, take the logical little uh, problems here and piece them all together. I like that. I love that. And and that is a passion of mine, but I'm not going to become a professional Sudoku solver. And there is only one Will Shorts who is a professional <laughs> crossword editor. Um, so I think if you find a process that you love, which is hard, <laughs> it's hard to de- uh, deconstruct your own curiosity, right? You can be curious about 19th century uh, paintings of apples. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. Please go do that. Please go to Italy and, and, and see Renaissance paintings of apples. Uh, but what you may discover from that is you love to uh, find art. You love the process of going to and finding original artists' workspaces, maybe. Um, <laughs> I don't, this is a weird, weird example. You know, what is the process you love? Do you, there are, tra I used to be a travel influencer for a little bit and like wanted to do work in LA for travel, film and videos, uh, and TV. I loved traveling, but I also tried my hand at, uh, being a travel writer. I, I think I total made $600 off of travel writing. Um, that was not a career. <laughs> But a career is, oh, 
researching and writing for television shows. And that was something that I ended up failing at, but I ended up working in TV anyways. But my goal and path was, hey, I love, I traveled for five years. I, I worked on a cruise ship and I loved researching and writing. So let's combine that all and work in LA. And okay, go down that path. And I ended up in tele- working in a TV network. Okay, great. You know, find the process that you love and the, the passion of a process and you're going to be able to monetize it. That that makes a lot of sense. And like, if you really think about it, let's say your passion for solving puzzles, it isn't really related, let's say, to Google Sheets or to, um, let's say, to any kind of tool or any kind of thing. It's it's kind of, it's kind of a way you tick, right? Yeah, and and I I know exactly how it combined. I know. I can tell you the story of of literally how solving puzzles was what I liked and enjoyed in that process and how it then ended up in Google Sheets. That's interesting because, you know, it reminds me when I was a child, like, I like to play with Legos, but I remember, like, when it came to actually build the Legos, I was just, you know, so impatient and I really couldn't stand not being able to solve the problem that it w- it just made me furious. And the interesting thing is that today I, I just have exactly the same pattern. So let's say I want to, <laughs> let's say, create an automation. Like it drives me nuts until I'm able to solve it. And like, like I'm stressed, I'm, I'm angry and I, I'm furious. I just want to get it solved. So I'm, so I'm, so I think an interesting pattern here is like, I just want to get the job done, right? It's not really that much in building it. Yeah. It's being able to, you know, just getting it done. So yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So do you want that? Actually, I can tell that story now if you want the like, please actual story. So as I said, I, I loved Sudoku and, uh, crossword puzzles and and any kind of puzzles. Uh, I think I'll reiterate that essentially it's taking, okay, we know in this paper, they set out the rules of the puzzle and then you're supposed to solve it. And usually it's by some logic and like piecing together little parts of the logic and then you get the most complex logic and you solve it. What happened is I started at this job in Los Angeles where it was a television startup network. It had been, we hadn't even aired yet. The, the network wasn't started. Like six months prior, they started this business. Six people were working for six months. And then on one day, September 2nd, we 30 people got hired. And we all started, I was one of those 30 people. We all started on one day and we had 30 days in which to start a 24-hour television network that ran on broadcast television 24 hours a day. We had 30 days to do this. I was a PA. I had no responsibility whatsoever. I just had to show up and do whatever was told of me. And I hated LA traffic, so I came in early and I left late. (laughs) And as I was sitting there late, listening to the CEO and the president of the company also stayed late. And then there was this one woman who had been there for six months before, had worked there, and was struggling with a Google Sheet that she was running for six. She had made this Google Sheet for herself. She designed it for herself. She ran it for six months. And in one day, she had to then teach eight people. There were eight other people that had to like learn how to use this thing. And she was struggling with it. And she had a problem to solve. 
and I sat there listening to her struggle. I, I just kept asking her what was her problem. I had used Google Sheets to some extent. I had n- never used them to the extent that I know them now. And But I did know Excel VBA. I had learned Excel VBA at a prior job, like two, a year before, two years before. So I knew Google Sheets had Google Script. And there was this one thing that she was like, oh, I wish when this thing happened, this other thing would happen. And it took me quite literally two weeks, but every day after 5 or 6 p.m. for a couple hours, I would sit there and ask her questions and try to solve this problem. And I I deconstructed the problem into script and code. And it was my first line of uh, Google script I ever wrote. But I knew that like Google script was the solution because I knew I did stuff with Excel VBA. But it took me two weeks to write this one line of code that essentially moved a row of data from one tab to another tab in Google Sheets based on a drop-down menu that you selected. So quite literally, after two weeks of figuring this out and then... I was like, I showed my boss. I was actually even too scared to show the woman that I was trying to like help. I was like, oh, there's a problem to solve, but I'm going to show this my boss because I don't know if I should be doing this. I was like, I was really scared. I was like, oh no. Um, I even made a copy of the sheet to like do my tests on. And I was like, am I allowed to make a copy of this sheet? <laughs> I was so scared. And then my boss was like, we need to put this in right now. We need to use this right now. Show everyone how to use this. I was like, I don't have to show them. It just works. They're like, okay, put it in today. I was like, what? <laughs> and then um, two months later, or actually six weeks later, two months into the job, the CEO pulled me outside and said, we need you to be doing more of this and not PA work. Do less of the PA work and do more of the Google Sheet work. I was like, okay, I can do that. <laughs> I hated PA work. Oh my God. If anyone is listening to this, that's a PA in Hollywood, you know what I'm talking about. It is the worst. You just 12 hour days and you get shit. (laughs) But yeah, and then I Googled stuff about Google Sheets for the next five years. And that's how I became good at Google Sheets. I didn't even try to become good at Google Sheets. It was just a complete coincidence. And I was just trying to solve a problem that somebody had. And I had extra time because I hated LA traffic. Yeah, th- th- that makes sense. So it's actually like, if we're really talking about a pattern here, it's solving solving problems, right? Yeah, in a particular way that like you end up with code, right? Like a lot of engineers talk about this as they they can, a lot when you're learning to code, a lot of the time it's breaking down the problem into its atomic elements or essential elements. And that's really hard for some people. Some people love holistic work. They love having like big audacious goals and they can never break them down. You ask them like, okay, how do you get to that goal? Well, I don't know. I just want to do this thing. Like when I was in college, I, I, I was in theater and one of the things I wanted to do was write a, a play or, or a, a, sorry, a film script. I wanted to write a film script. And before I ever wrote a film script, if you ask, how do you write a film script? I had no idea. But everybody who writes a film script is like, you start on page one, <laughs> act one, scene one. The, the fifth word is the hardest. Act one, scene one. What's the fifth word? If you do that, then you got to get to the sixth word. That's how you write a, a film script. And it's so simple for people who have written a story, broken a story, written it all out. But like, if you've never done it, you have no idea how difficult it is. And same with... 
sorry, same with coding. It's like you do okay. W- how do you break down this problem into its essential elements? Some people just don't know that, and then some people also can't doesn't don't have big audacious goals <laughs> and and can't do meditation. Some people can't do yoga. Some people can't do a, a marathon. Right? There's a lot of different skills. Yeah, exactly. That that makes a lot of sense. So let's say if like someone who's just right now listening to this and 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 is struggling with with trying to identify his niche or um, you know like the path that he should that he should take, like would you suggest at trying to like something that I suggest is um, asking people who who know you um, uh, to tell you what what you're good at, right? Yes, absolutely. Like just ask. It's it's a really weird question to ask, though. I it's hard to ask. It, it is so hard to sit in front of someone who's paying. Like if you have a job and a boss and someone's paying you, and you're like, "What am I good at?" That's hard, but do it. <laughs> it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the thing is that you know sometimes people will will tell you, "Well, you're good at this, you're good at that," and then you're just discounting yourself. You say, "Nah, nah no, no." It it just feels normal, right? Well, I would say there's like that's one way, right? Is to ask other people or or listen harder when somebody says, "Oh, you did a good thing." Maybe even ask again. Be like, "Are you sure? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean that that I did that? Did I do it fast? Because sometimes being good at something is not necessary. You don't you don't hear the words you are good at that." If you're faster, you know, Usain Bolt is the quote unquote best runner in the world, right? But he's not like tech, like technically speaking, he is not like the, the exact robotic, like the best version of running. He is the best version of himself and he is the fastest runner. So by being the fastest runner, he's the best runner, right? So he's not. He doesn't also he doesn't teach running, right? He's not the best teacher at running. He's just the fastest. So there's different versions of the best and good and 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 processes, right? Are you fast at some do you do something faster than other people? And they literally are like, How did you do that so fast? Like I have a, a colleague who uh, a friend of mine now, actually, a friend of mine who I worked with. I, I worked with this guy at like Universal Studios. We were like paid minimum wage and 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 all I remember is that he was he made a stupid, funny joke that I was like, oh my God, this guy's so funny. Because someone asked him, oh, what's your joke of the day? And I was like, this guy has a joke of the day? And he said some stupid joke. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you have a joke every day. And then when I got a new job, I like remembered him and I I like texted him. I was like, oh, uh, a new job came up and he replaced me. He like took my jo- old job that I had. And then we became friends for like, now we're still friends, like seven years later. But all... Everyone in the office, every single person know, doesn't know him as being the best at something. They know him as being the fastest. Like he was able to do jobs that other people were not able to do in days he could do like within an hour. And that's amazing. Yeah, th- th- that's interesting. And, and it remembers also like one of my friends. So the interesting thing is like this guy actually has the patience. Let's say if you if you want to get something cheap, let's say, classified ads something that something that you want to buy or if you want let's say to buy a cheap car something like this i mean this guy has the patience actually to go and show up every every day or maybe every hour and and just be able to get you the best deal (laughs) 
And like, like if if you were asking, like, I can just, I don't have the patience. I can, I can stand. I mean, going to to all those sides and and trying to find out the best deal and. And and for them, like they enjoy really the process. Like it doesn't matter; it's for finding a cheap car, finding a cheap boat, or finding a cheap apartment. I mean, they are just enjoying the process of, of actually being able to to find, you know, the hidden thing that everybody is looking for, but in some way or another, are not able to find it. Right. So yeah, how, that makes exactly. Sense. How would you ever know? Like you yourself would never know that you're able to like stand this horrible thing because you're like. I like it. I I'm or or even okay with it. If you are neutral to something, and other people hate it, then just by the the relation, the relativity, you are you can do this thing and they can't, right? If you can just bear with it, can you grit through something? Can you just grit your teeth and get through it when other people are like throwing up their hands and walking out the door, <laughs> like, um, which is a funny thing to come back to, but. When I was sitting in that office um, in LA, I I wasn't really supposed to necessarily be there. Like a normal work day is what nine to five they say, but really it's like eight to six because you always come in, set up your stuff, talk for an hour, and then at the end of the day you're like, it takes you an hour to get out of the office because you have bye 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 right. Um, but before I started working there, I. One, two things happen, right? I worked on a cruise ship where we we literally worked 24 hours a day, seven days a week. International law only allowed us to clock in for like 14 hours a day. But I didn't mind it. I loved it. I was like, you're on a ship. There's nothing else to do but work. There's You just work. Um, it's like the recreational Navy. If you, if, if you know anyone in the Navy, they have the same feeling. It's like, you're just on a ship, so you might as well clean the deck. You might as well clean your weapons. You might as well clean this. Like you might as well just work. Right. And I didn't know that that was a weird thing. I also didn't know that having two months off of work was a weird thing. Um, I keep now that I work for myself, I like it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go away for a month and learn how to roast coffee. Uh, actually I did that in two days, not a month, but you know, it, you, you, you don't know that like working all day, every day on a thing is weird. And then I also got the the second thing that happened was I was talking to producers and asking them, how did you get your career? How did you get your job? And one of them gave me the advice. He's like, whenever, when you get a job in Hollywood, your job then is to get your next job. And when you work in a job in Hollywood, you, someone who you work with is going to get you your next job. But you don't know who it is. You walk into an office and you don't know who that person is that's going to get you your next job. So you need to do one thing. You need to be the first one in the office and you need to be the last one to leave the office. And I said, oh, I get it. You just have to work hard. He's like, no. You don't actually have to be good at your job in LA to keep to get another job. You just have to be there. And you just have to be there in the morning and be there at night. So when I got the job working at the TV network, I was just there all the time and I had nothing to do because I was a PA. I had no job. Like I, the job was done. Everybody was leaving and I just stayed until everyone else left. And it just so happened that this one person with a problem talked to me and said, here's my problem. That's, th that's interesting. I mean, you know, like it kind of reminds me when, when we just try to come up with, 
creative solutions to to a problem is like the more we try to solve it the less or or um the less or quote unquote the odds that we are going to find a solution then let's say we go, you go for a walk or you're just to take a shower or i don't know you do something else and then it just pops up and it seems that when it comes to actually quote unquote finding your niche or you know like crafting out like your, your positioning it seems kind to be the same the same process right um you know you just gave gave me an interesting idea so that only works right to solve a problem that you're not thinking about is if you let your subconscious work at it and if your conscious mind is is doing something else if you however are consciously working on different problems then it could go one of two ways one you could be overloaded and, and short circuit your brain in a bad way where you're you get burnout. You have too many things going on in your brain. The other side is that you might be very good at that. You might be very good at holding a lot of information inside your working brain where other people might forget a lot of the details, mm -hmm. right? That's why we call people, some people are detail oriented and some jobs are looking for someone who is detail oriented. There are other like there there are certain jobs and freelance jobs as well. You don't necessarily have to work for someone else, but you might be a very good executive assistant if you're detail oriented. Mm -hmm. And one thing that it it makes me think of one thing that I'm very bad at that others are really good at, or a few people are good at is is keeping a lot of information in their brain active, but connecting the dots. Yeah. Right. Um, they might know two people in their lives and they're like, I can't believe this, but this person and this person should meet because this other person has a solution that this other person has a problem with. Like they, they, the puzzle pieces fit together, but only this person who knows both of these people would know it. You know, that you're a great connector. You should be hosting dinner parties. You should be like, you should be the host of an event and and ask everybody to fill out information and talk to every person and connect them. You should be running tea time for CEOs, right? There are a way if you have this weird skill that other people don't have, you can put it to use. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but again, like the thing is like, how do you actually be able to, to really like find your, like your unique abilities? So like, just an example. So I, I have been, um, you know, um, creating my, my own online businesses for over a decade. And certainly there are patterns actually that, that I found. I actually found that it's way easier just to, to first understand what you don't like. So at least you can eliminate those things, right? Uh, maybe that's, that's a superpower too. <laughs> I honestly, to, to, to know you don't like something and then be able to not do it, that's a superpower. A lot of people will just sort of go along with the flow. Oh, okay, I'll do this thing. But if you can literally identify, I don't like this and I never want to do it, oh, God, that's a good superpower. To have. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just, just to give you an example, let's say um, I'm the kind of guy who, who writes daily emails, right? And there is something that I can stand, and this goes back to maybe – seven seven years ago or so like i was doing like a, a launch a product launch and you know i was just writing my emails in in google docs you know like trying to get 
you know, the formatting right, you know, like with, with the spaces, with, you know, bolding certain things and, you know, make it visually appealing. And then came, came the time when I had to load it into my autoresponder and we're just copying, pasting and, and the whole, the whole thing just, you know, like the whole formatting just went away. And, and like, I was just like here again, 30 minutes, just in the autoresponder, just trying to, you know, uh, to, to reformat the whole text again. And the bolding was, was gone and I have to bold the thing again. And then I had like a double line spaces and, and like all this crap going on. And I was, I just threw my hands in frustration. Like it took me, I don't know, like time being like, uh, maybe 20 minutes to write an email. It took me another 30 minutes in order just to, to get it sent. And then I just have to click through 500 different on, on 500 different buttons just to get this freaking email sent out. And like, since, since then, um, I just actually, uh, I had two, two choices either like, like I, I enjoyed writing emails, but I hated scheduling them. So either you find an assistant or, I mean, like I went down the path because I have always bad experiences when I work with people, it either ends in a, in a dispute or like it, and it, it ends in the dispute. So <laughs> you have to, two choices here. So the thing is that, well, uh, like right now I know that I like writing emails. I hate scheduling them. So I've spent, let's say the whole, the whole week or the, the last 10 days about really, um, you know, um, creating a system where I can just send out emails with one click. And yes, like I got my hands dirty a little bit with with code, with working with APIs and that kind of stuff, trying to find out like the best other responder who can help me with that. But the thing is, I knew when I had a determination that I hate doing this stuff. And it, this actually also prevents me, you know, from creating a relationship with my list, from selling my products because I primarily use emails. But yeah, like I, I had this the strong pain point and the strong conviction is I don't want to schedule a freaking email again in my life. So yeah, just a quick story. No, that's so funny. I, I have uh, been looking for a long time now, maybe a few years, at least two years, maybe three or four, um, for an email service provider that is is good for email marketing and email newsletters, but that is structured so you don't have to set the time and date of a scheduled email because I wanted to queue up emails. Is is that correct? Am I getting that right? You want to send an email every day, like seven days a week. Yep. Yeah, I've wanted to do that too, and I've done it for better sheets. I started a daily newsletter, mm -hmm. and then I fell off because the these. I was using Substack two years ago, unfortunately, and their scheduling, I didn't, could never remember if I scheduled something for the next day. I like to batch write sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'll write like five emails in a row and then I'll be like, oh, these are five emails for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I'm like, wait, did I schedule next Mondays already? And I have to like go back and figure it out. And to this day, email is older than social media, but social media queuing exists, but email queuing doesn't. And I'm always wondering why I wish I hoped I had hoped like this new beehive had existed, had it, but it doesn't seem to, um, I'm using convert kit now. And even that, like, I still have to schedule the email and I have to be like, Oh, wait, did I write it yet? Like for tomorrow, like, wait, how far in advance have I, am I writing this? And will it be sent? Like, 
it's tough. Yeah. I wish someone had that. Yeah. And then like, you also have to think about, well, uh, you always have to choose like, like this stupid, this stupid things. Like when you have to choose, well, do you want to use a template or do you want to use this? Or do you want to use an HTML or like, and, and even like when you, when you, when you just rolled your thing, well, when do you want to schedule it? At what time zone? And what, yeah. what, what, what tag should you use? And I, I mean, come on like i just want to send out a freaking email i'm not here to you know i just want to get the job done right yeah yeah um i talked to someone about this who i wanted to do email courses as well but there's one thing about email courses that i don't really like is that it's set up by the creator mm -hmm. meaning okay if i write five emails and it's a five day email course those will send start sending the day that i sign up They'll start sending and they'll send once every, you know, 24 hours or once a day. But if I'm excited about this thing and I want to get through this course today, I have, as a user, I have no way to say, oh, you already wrote the emails. Just send them to me in the next five hours. I only need like 20 minutes to read this email and do the thing. And then I want the other email next. Give me the next email. Um, there are some like solutions for this, right? You can just put them on as blog posts and stuff. But I wish some email service provider had imagined that people would do email courses and have this like user centric mind, right? Give me the emails faster. Yeah. <laughs> Give them to me every now five in the next five minutes or in the next five hours or the next five days or the next five weeks. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I, I like there are some auto respond, obviously I guess convert it does this, but I mean, to be honest, like it just should be freaking easy. It, it, it just should be freaking easy. I mean, we are here just, you know, we just want to get the job done, right? We, we don't want a pretty <laughs> interface. We just want to get, to get the things done, right? Like, like maybe we should build something like this. I mean, we have like two strong Someone pain points. So, <laughs> I'm busy. I'm busy on better sheets, but somebody should build it. I, I've I actually have asked a couple people who were interested in doing email. Even one person had built an email service provider mm -hmm. already, and I was like, "Can you just please add this one feature? I will start paying you this month. I need. I want to make email co courses." Yeah. And then I never heard back from them. And then another friend who also sells digital products, he had similar pain points as what I have with Gumroad posts. I don't really want my emails uh, branded as Gumroad. I would rather just send emails to my... Yep. Uh, to your customers. Uh, to my customers, yeah. So that's <laughs> why I'm now using ConvertKit. And I'm right now in the transition. But I'm like, damn it. Like My friend had this idea two years ago. I talked to him about it. I was like, I will build it with you. Like... I will help you build it. <laughs> yeah. Let's you want it, I want it. Let's go do this. And it was before I started Better Sheets. It was um after I had done a newsletter. So I was like, I know those pain points. I know this issue of like I have a newsletter, I want to keep sending that, but I also have these other updates I want to send and these products that I want to send out that I want to feed into my newsletter. <laughs> it was very complicated then. Yeah. Yeah, but like so all we this, like we went a little bit off track talking about emails, but all this to say is that, you know, sometimes you just identify something that you don't want to do. And this is actually a great starting point. So right now, actually, like, you know, doing all these, all these kind of, I call it kind of dumb tasks, especially when you're, when you're a woman band, like you really want to, like, if, if you had, let's say one hour, would you prefer, let's say, um, you know, having to click through 500 different like things in order just to, to get the job done? Or would you prefer, let's say, one hour like spending 
around your next big idea or your next product that you could launch or just recording or just creating a course, right? Where is actually the 80-20 of your um, 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 like yeah, the 80-20 awesome. tasks, right? But you're getting into a weird fallacy with builders. Like uh, this, this is a funny thing. So, okay, you have you know a task and you need to fill and you need to do the task and you say, okay, I, if one you I've, I have identified, you could do the task in five hours, and and you made a big fallacy, which is you said, oh, but I can like do this other thing in less time that has more impact. Well, they both need to be done, and with coders and no coders. And like automators who are like, oh, I can just build an automation and and this will be done in five minutes. Okay, well, spend five hours. You might spend five hours making that automation, or you might spend twenty hours because you run into a problem. You're like, oh shit, like this didn't work. And what I've found is every time I try to solve something that I'm like, oh, this will only take like five hours, I end up spending twenty hours on a solution that I'm like, oh wait, I only should have just done the thing in the first place. For for example. Here's like a really stupid example from just this past few weeks. I had sent an email to 2000 people and I, when I first sent it, I didn't think I would uh, follow up. I thought I would just send the email and be done. But I realized like I had changed things like a month later and I was like, Oh, I really need to reply to this email because some people haven't done it yet. And I know why, cause I changed stuff. So I was like, oh, I wish there was a program that would just reply to existing emails. And I caught myself. I was like, wait, don't go down that path. Just reply to the damn emails. <laughs> and so I, I made something in, um, key, I used Keyboard Maestro. I love Keyboard Maestro. I've used it for like 10, 15 years. I don't know how long it's been around, but I, I use it a lot. For these situations where I'm like, oh, sh- I have to reply to these emails with this thing. I can store the message, but I have to do these like key commands to send a reply. And yeah, stupid me for not putting in the reply <laughs> two months ago. Um, but I was like, yeah, just skip trying to build something. Use the tools that I have. Be resourceful. That's my superpower. And I think that goes back to better sheets too, is right. I, I solve a lot of problems with Google Sheets that other people are like, let me spend, oh, let me just spend an hour looking for a SaaS product that will solve this problem. And then you start testing SaaS products. You, you sign up for free trials. You convert. You start paying $30, $40 a month for a SaaS product. And you're like, I, I had this solved in Google Sheets, and it was not that bad. Like, <laughs> that was me five years ago or seven years ago. Now I'm like, how can Google Sheets do this? I can code in Google Sheets. I can do automations in Google Sheets with macros. I can get plugins and add-ons. I can also, I have different ways to think about Google Sheets. I can be more resourceful. Um, I know a ton of formulas. I know a ton of code. I can do this in Google Sheets. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it also, it always, again, comes down to the 80-20, right? So it's like, um, does the tool that you actually use right now actually does 80% of the job or not, like you won't find a tool that will do everything perfectly unless you design it for yourself. But again, this comes at a cost. So like like to give you the example, when it comes to email automation, like for me, it was worth, let's say, spending 10, 15 hours just to try to, to find it out. Why? Because I know that it's an ongoing process, right? So I'm going to be sending emails uh, 
like for 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 the next year. So I know that you know spending time removing friction, um, which is yeah. extremely important when you're doing when 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 uh, when you're just you know creating content or having a business and just to if you want to be consistent, you just have to remove uh, the friction so that that you don't have any freaking excuse to just not do the work, right? So like yeah, I found that you know scheduling emails was the kind of thing that made me procrastinate. I just hate doing it and yeah i just found a way but obviously as everything in life there is like the sweet spot so there is like no white or black answer it's a spectrum of of great uh, of of great tones and you just have to find which one is actually worth um your time and and which not which again brings us back to the 80 20 right what is what is worth investing your time in and what's the opportunity cost and well always keeping this in mind and always you know remembering yourself well are you actually doing something that will really move the needle or are you just trying to, you know, um, to kill boredom or, you know, try to, to, um, to know, to do something that won't really um, have a lot of impact. Yeah. But I think that's also a, something that's very hard to figure out yeah. right? what, what works. Um, if we were very, if every human being was very good at identifying what works and what doesn't, we'd all be successful. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I think that's pretty hard. Like, this is this is going back to our original idea. It's like if you know that everybody knows that data is useful, but not everybody can read data. Not everybody can analyze data. <clears throat> there is probably a Coursera course, 10, 12 hours or less, five hours, you can learn statistics and you'll probably be better at statistics than 70, 80% of the world in five hours. And this brings me to like another way you can sort of create a process that you're better at than everyone else or create a, as I, as people say, find a niche or pick a niche. I think you can make a niche. Uh, you can find a specific, people will say, find a specific, if they can say it, I can't even say the word. They will say, <laughs> <laughs> they will say, find a specificity. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why niche is more popular than the term specificity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you can find something specific for, to do, you'll be successful. That's sort of a simple logic. But how do you find that things that's specific? I have a mathematical sort of equation to figure it, not to figure out, but to make it, you can make a specificity and it's, I, I have boiled it down to ma a math problem. Please go ahead. So this is based on, um, do you know, Bill Watterson? He made the comic Calvin and Hobbes. I don't know about it, but it's an old, old comic. This man is so old. I, I don't even know if he's still alive. May he rest in peace. But what he said is, he, um, what was interesting is there's, you can, t you, you don't have to be the best at something, right? So there's a business philosophy, like from the dip from Seth Godin that says, it, quit everything unless you're going to be number one or number two at it. But that's saying that there is a measure and you can measure that you are number one or number two. But if you are a content creator, if you are a creator in any way, if you work for a company, 
like you there's only one number one there's only one ceo at every company and if you want to continue working at this company you'll never be ceo sometimes right so what this guy said is you don't necessarily have to be number one at one thing if you are within the top 20 percent of two things you're automatically one of the best and you can have a professional living wage, a professional wage. You can be paid at what you do. If you combine two things and you're the in the top 20% of both of them. And this plays out many ways. Uh, every YouTuber is a filmmaker. Is it within the top 20% of making videos and doing something? There's some great professional YouTube channels I love, like um, uh, one of them is, oh my God, I can't believe I, uh, a, a lawyer, and he breaks down law cases on YouTube. He makes videos, and he's a lawyer. He doesn't have to be the best lawyer. He doesn't have to be the best video guy. There's a bunch of poker uh, players who are not the, absolutely not the best poker player in the world, but they're within the top 20% of poker players. They're, they are making positive, pro- profitable money at the poker table, but they're also making YouTube videos. You have um, a city planner. Uh, the channel's called City Beautiful. He, he's a young guy, uh, 20 or 30s. He's not the number one city planner in the world. I don't even know if you could measure that. <laughs> But he's also not the best YouTuber, but he creates these essays about cities that are literally the best. So he's combined two things. You see that all the time with a writer. If you can write and you have a skill, write about that skill. And you have a professional life. You you see this all the time in B2B SaaS content marketing. You see content writers. You see SEO writers. You don't have to be the best at SEO, but if you're the best at SEO and you're the best, I don't know, writer. Now your content marketing is the best SEO optimized writing. That makes so much sense. And to be honest, like uh, it, it kind of, um, you know, leads us to another rabbit hole, which is like, you know, having multiple interests and multiple um, things that you want to discover is obviously not a bad thing. So as an example, like myself, like I have some kind of limited interest when it comes to creating automations. I also have interest of copyright for copywriting. I have interests of, uh, you know, um, writing itself. I have interest in helping people. So I may not be the best and one of, uh, of those, uh, isolated, but actually when it comes to combining everything, this is where you can become the best. Same for you, right? You're not, you're not like the, 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 the best guy when it comes to Google sheets, but, um, you know, like, Within this, within specificity, actually helping people master Google Sheet, breaking things down, making things easier. Um, this is like when where you can actually start shining. And you know, like um, a lot of people who are like like us who have like multiple interests, and you know, they dip their toes into different fields. Like they think that in 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 today's world, like no, you just have to be specific. You just have to find a mountain climb it yes but what if the mountain like is just a mix between different different kind of kind of stones and, and and different kind of fields right right and you see that well i see this now everywhere right um when someone's saying oh i'm having struggle i'm struggling to find customers for my business or my service or my free- i'm a freelancer i'm on upwork i have i'm one of you know hundreds of profiles of writers and I'm like, if you're a writer, 
and you you know pick any business topic <laughs> and then you have an untapped potential of finding and identifying those businesses on LinkedIn and DMing them. Yes, you're probably not going to be the number one Upwork writer. But though you if you DM 500 people and say I write about what you do, you're going to get clients. <laughs> if you're good. And again, you don't even have to be great. <laughs> exactly. You don't have to be the best. You have to be Hey, I do this thing. Here's what I've done. I'm and I can do it for you. Um but you see this like broken down all the time, right? I see okay, my 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 ex-wife was a figure skater. I I know a little bit of ice skating. And in the ice skating world, almost every single like national champion has a career in like talking about being a national champion ice skater. But the people who have a lifetime career in ice skating after they are done with their careers are actually those who can teach. They're, they're not even great ice skaters themselves, but they are good at teaching and they're good ice skaters. And they have a, they can work for 30 years teaching and coaching ice skating. I mean, skaters. that makes, that makes so much sense. And yeah, I think that that wraps up the, the, the whole episode is that, well, sometimes is it's just, you know, listening and following what you're interested in and maybe, maybe the 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 business that you want to start or the niche will actually just find you and yeah i like that so thank you very much andrew i really appreciate our chat if if there's anything that you want to add before we wrap up this call please go ahead yeah it was a pleasure being here matt thanks for having me i'm a good video maker and a good google sheet guy and i've created a great uh product at bettersheets.co where i give away literally Every script, every template, I have over 180 videos. Um, you can be better at Google Sheets. You don't. You won't be the best at Google Sheets. I don't even know if anyone could be. I don't know how you measure that. But you can probably become... <laughs> There's like 300. I'm not going to be the best, but I probably will be the number one YouTube channel in a couple of years. Mark my words. You can, you can quote me here. See, like, I don't want to be the best YouTube channel. I just want to be the... I, and I don't even want to be the best... Google Sheets YouTube channel. I'm going to just have the most videos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is at least something that you can control, right? Yes. <laughs> Find things you can control and do more of them. <laughs> All right. So hope that you've enjoyed this discussion with Andrew Camphy. So it was certainly one of the episodes where we went a little bit off track. But the thing is that, you know, when starting, when you start actually having conversation, when you start actually digging deeper into the things that you enjoy doing and the things that you just see yourself drawn to almost naturally well, then there may be something interesting for you in order to find your unique advantage. So as usual, I dropped all the links to Andrew's uh, work in the description and be sure to subscribe to the show for the next upcoming episodes with other special guests so thank you very much for being here and well i hope to see you in the next episode